in the dressing room. I want a good fight. I want a clean fight. You will obey my commands at all times. You will protect yourself at all times. Let me at him. Any questions from the blue corner? No. Any questions from the red corner? Nine. You may touch gloves at this time. <laughs> Round one. Fight. Well, I love events. Oh, I can't stand them. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kindred Spirit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just kidding. Hey guys, I'm sure you are thoroughly confused on what the heck is going on. What is going on? What an intro. <laughs> hey, you gotta have fun with life, all right? It's true. <laughs> so, if you're wondering what this is, surprise! <laughs> so this was a fun idea we had. We've noticed that over the course of our developing Spirit Island careers, that John and I have some pretty opposing opinions every now and then. We agree on a lot. <laughs> on a lot of things, that's true, but on some things... You're dead wrong on. Hey! Uh, wait a <laughs> second! So, the elephant in the room here is events. As you may have been able to pick up on in episodes past, John is in favor of these stupid things. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Whereas I, on the other hand, I'm not a fan okay. of this. So, in this episode, what we're going to do is we're just going to have a clash of titans. Like gentlemen. Like gentlemen. <clears throat> yes, very refined. Keep it above the belt. Above the belt. We're going to keep it clean and refined. Oh, we very do... dignified. We can do posh the rest of the time if you'd like. Do you bust out in fisticuffs? I know. Let me... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, chap. <laughs> All right, let's go. 
All right, so what this is, is a debate for the inclusion of event cards, or no, the rejection of event cards, and instead, the fight for Beast Command. <laughs> yes, you will see that my love of Beast Command stems from my hatred of events. Oh. So here we are. We thought it'd be kind of fun to just sling whatever. <laughs> <laughs> At each other. <laughs> we'll sling. <laughs> Insults. There you go. Yeah. So our thoughts? We got thoughts and opinions that are pretty strong. So, if you thought our errata episode was off script and a little off the cuff, and a little less formal than usual, well, then you got another thing coming. <laughs> Buckle up, folks. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> so, alrighty, events. Well, do you want to describe for the audience, Johnny Boy? Can I please? What are events and what do they do? Events. Introduced in Branch and Claw, they have different layers to them. So you flip one over and you have a main event. So this is usually the top bit. Like this fight! Hey! The, <laughs> I know, the main event. The main event. <laughs> and with the main event, you can have different tiers or you can have a healthy or blighted island mm-hmm. event. Or a fear card where based on what fear you are, that could be your event. If it's like tier level one or two or three. Yes, not all events are created equal. They're Some different. Have different Different conditions. Some, Some have, have effects that come in on different terror levels. Yep. Some have different effects based on how healthy the island is. Some don't have any effects tied to these things. It's yeah, just you it have just a happens. choice of one or two things. You do this or this. So that is what basically the top portion is. After yeah. that, it's like the token bits. Yep. Where you can have beasts or disease or strife. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom bit is most always Dahan. Mm-hmm. There's something with Dahan moving them, defending, gaining energy. So yep. that is typically what they do. The top portion is usually meh to mm-hmm. bad. It's either like nothing happens that is mm-hmm. beneficial, and then the bottom two parts usually like something with the beast or the disease is beneficial, and Dahan yeah. also the same. Right. So it usually ends up being almost neutral, but sometimes the top portion is extremely bad. Right. So it doesn't even become neutral. Right. So on the sly, what event cards do are they provide the player or players with a variety of effects and choices that could affect the game this particular turn and they are completely random completely random and they offer a lot of change a lot of unforeseen incoming happenstances yes sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad they're supposed to disrupt the commonality and the normal predictability of the game's running video gamers would call this rng type yes, of thing rng and to those who don't know what rng means it stands for random number generator which is simply the engine within the game's code that gives Gives the player a random thing. Item. An item treasure. drop. Power-ups. Health drops. Ammo. That kind of thing. So RNG simply means the engine of the game giving the player random things. So, John, do you want to go and make your case for why these things are worth it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sturdy. <laughs> okay. So, let's just, before, just like back and forth fighting... <laughs> Listeners would figure out earlier on, before we even got Jagged Earth, I was not too keen on events. Yes, really quick, right at the start, the vast, vast majority of everything you are hearing is all deeply saturated, well within the confines of comedic, sarcastic... Satire. Satire. (laughs) However, this is a preferential thing at the end of the day. It is. Events are not required in the game. You can like them, you can dislike them, all you want. I am okay with 
with you having all of your opinions. This is for fun. As okay. a baseline, how cool yeah. is it that we can play it in different yep. ways? So I thank yep. the development team, so Eric, really quick, all them. before we put up once again our veneer of... The boxing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the veneer of just absolute irate conflict. Before we go back to those personas, just understand, this is just for fun, guys. I do not care if you want to have events or not. It's completely up to you. It's 100% subjective. It is. So if you want to have it, awesome. If you don't want to have it, awesome. Also, We're awesome. just having fun. So anyway, back to the irate. <laughs> <laughs> what I was saying, I was actually on your side for Branch and Claw. I yeah. think those events are Those were bad. rough. Yeah. I think some the, of them weren't quite balanced as I think much it, as the Jagger They weren't ones. ironed out yet no, with the balance. They were quite swingy. Yeah. Oh, like game ending. <laughs> yeah. A strange madness among strange the Strange madness. Uh, we, we've talked about farmers, outpacers, yes. all these ones are just mm-hmm. like branch and claw ones. Right. So for me, if you don't have Jagged Earth at home and you only have branch and claw, I actually understand more mm-hmm. to like disliking events. I think Jagged mm-hmm. Earth adds more like those choice ones that you can like maybe pick a lesser of two evils type yeah. of thing or they introduce less bad things. Sure. So I think that is my first stance mm-hmm. is I was actually in agreement with you with Branch and Claw. Because mm. older episodes, I mean, we were talking about Second Wave. We hated events. They almost <laughs> lost us some games. With... And I still do. Because <laughs> farmers kept coming up and like, did you shuffle these? <laughs> I swear I did. So, but I think Jagger Earth has ironed things out, at least for me. And it's mm-hmm. buffed the deck so you don't keep getting farmers. Yeah. There's 56 events now. So it's just like, yeah. it's much more difficult to get a repeat of event every single game. I wouldn't be surprised if we get more in the future. Oh, In the I'm same sure. way that we're getting more Blight cards, we're getting more Fear cards, I'm guessing we're probably going to get more event cards as well. So, I think that is like my starting mm-hmm. thing. I have much more a to say. A brief history of events. Yeah. It's Where just... did they arrive? When did they arrive? How can I get them? Can... Branch and Claw. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> For events, I mean. <laughs> well, I do think it's cool that there's different options to play the game, because right. Beast Command is pretty great. Yep. So. You know me, it gives me excuse to not play with these things. So I guess that's my starting argument is to buy Jagged Earth, <laughs> spend more money, buy the game, there and buy go. the expansion. Hey, Jagged Earth gets you more things. Get you more things. Your buck, I mean. Yeah, get you bad lands. Get it, you more spirits and Branch and Claw, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then more content, it buffs yeah. out the event deck. Also, what do you think about like house rules of like just putting farmers seek to Han for eight at the bottom of the deck? Oh, I love, love just implementing like, any kind of example of house rules. If but, it's like too swingy? because Right. Well, they even say in the book, too, like, hey, if you guys really hate a certain selection of blight cards, eh, don't bother with them. Yeah. I don't see why the same thing can't be extended to events. I'm okay if with that, too. there are some that you just absolutely loathe. It's just lost ardently despise. or something, yeah. Right, just chuck it. You're not getting rid of all of them, just that one yeah. or something. Yeah, I'd be 100% okay with I that. also kind of like the idea of you get one veto a game. Oh. I've seen this, I don't know if it's on Reddit or Discord or Facebook, one of the threads. If there's one that's game-ending, you get one... One like, veto and you draw another card. Draw another card. Yep. So I don't I like hate that, that idea actually. either. Yeah, that's so, not a bad one. I don't know if that's an argument. Bucks. <laughs> that I'm, I'm like, ah, just cheat. <laughs> That'll make it better. But at the end of the day, you spent 60 or however many bucks... It's your game. ...to own the experience that is in front of you. So yes, someone else came up with it, but once you have put money on it, this experience, you make it your own. Okay. And you can make your own experience the way you want to make your own experience. So if you want to tweak it with that once per game veto thing, have at it. Yeah. At the end of the day, fun is what we're going for. If you do not have fun because of the missionary event, boop. 
get yeah, rid of it. Get rid of it. And only that one because that keeps coming back. They're like, yeah. if you can't have enough to pay for it, <laughs> put it under the top two cars. I'm like, no. Right on. That's I... my starting place. Built That's my your foundation. opening statement? Opening statement. That's your opening statement? By Jacket Earth. All right. Well, what's your next statement? <laughs> There's more? <laughs> Are you just like... <laughs> I just want to listen. All right. My next thing. I have played a lot of base game with you because I didn't have Bratchet Claw for a little bit. Right. And then on Steam, there's only base with mm-hmm. like Pro Impact 1. So right. I've played a lot of the base. So I know like both sides. Sure. I think one thing for me, at least mechanically with the game, is sometimes because there isn't that randomness or chance other than Explorer card mm-hmm. and some fear cards, maybe you can see certainly they're going to win like one or two turns. The level of predictability is higher. Is a little bit higher. You're like, yep. oh, I just need to destroy this one city. Yep. I'll do that in the slow. We win. Mm-hmm. With events, at least for me, it keeps that tension. Okay. Whereas, like, if I can get to the slow, I only right. have one blight left. We'll see what the event There's does. There's a little bit of a question mark. Yeah, and I know some people don't like riding on Razor's Edge or that chance, but right. for me, it does, like, kind of up the ante and just keep me engaged. Yeah. Uh, same with Laura as well. We're both kind of flighty at times with, like, keeping our attention. So if something's, like, we know we're not going to win yet, then we are super engaged. Mm-hmm. So that's my next thing. Right on. Keep talking. <laughs> you haven't said anything yet. Oh, I Okay, (laughs) I think thematically, so I talked about the mechanics, I like being engaged and not knowing one or two turns ahead, I like thematics that we have both spoken on, these spirits are not omniscient, omnipresent, they don't know what's going to happen, maybe Fractured obviously has powers that can Mm -hmm. see into the event deck, but we're just spirits of the land, we're not gods. Mm -hmm. So I think like the unpredictability of humans is also cool thematically, where maybe missionaries arrive, and I didn't see that coming, now I have to adapt to it. So I think that's Mm kind of cool, it feels like a living breathing type of yeah. islands and it's even with the tokens like the Dahan randomly move in the events it's like because mm-hmm. maybe they just wanted to get up and move away from a city right and the event just says like choose two Dahan push them away from a building right but you think of the thematics are like oh, I just want to get away from the invaders so we both appreciate theme and stuff so I think that is another cool thing that implements the unpredictability of humans yeah I agree so those are a couple of mine you do something you say something <laughs> I don't want to unload my whole barrel shotgun in no first I 10 just minutes. want to hear all of your points <laughs> <laughs> They're all wrong. <laughs> no, I have a list of pros and a list of cons. And so I'm just going to go through each one and we're probably going to discuss ad nauseum every point. I'm just curious <laughs> to see how many of my pros match your pros and how many of my cons match your cons. I did do some stats. Yeah. There's I like, almost did. There's I f- almost did only because I didn't want to get into a you rabbit didn't. hole. I didn't. Okay. There's 56 events mm-hmm. if you have the expansions. 34 of them, 60% use beasts. Mm. That is cool. And I know that can be a pro and a con because a pro, if you're using fangs, mm-hmm. mines, even trickster and lure, this is incredible. You're usually using the beast tokens to do damage. Right. And now the events are also helping you generate fear, do damage, push explorers. I know the counter argument is like, well, if I'm finder or downpour or someone who doesn't use mm-hmm. beasts, it's like, well, those 34 events don't really help me because there's two beasts on the board. Right. Or one beast on the board if you're playing solo. Right. So I guess my pushback is then like sometimes I... I actually seek out in the minor powers adding more beasts because I know like over half's going to come up where they might be right. beneficial. If I'm playing a finder, I can move beings. I know that term went away, but I can move presence and beasts, so I can sometimes utilize them. It makes me think of them more, right? Because they're so utilized. Disease wasn't as much. I counted twenty, so it's like a third of them. Dahan fifty-two, almost all of them, almost all of them, seriously, fifty-two, yeah, and almost all of them are beneficial. So that's cool too. If you're a spirit that's not a river or a thunder speaker. Or or an earth that use Dahan, 
Maybe right. you want to become one mm. because if I have so many in a land, I get energy for it this turn. Right. So I kind of want to be there or I want to have them not die because they might give me bonus defense or bonus fear or damage. So we were just playing a game where you're wildfire and you're pushing Dahan around because when you blow something up, you push them out, they mm. scatter away from the wildfire. Right. It kind of made us think like, where do we want to push them? Because an event coming up might do something with them. Do something with right. them. Where uh, without event wouldn't. So that's another one. <laughs> That's a, we both love Dahan, and we've talked on it's that. True. So yeah. you can play like a keeper and just win the game without them. Right. And I don't like that. Again, I like the theme. I like keeping... Yeah, it's more immersive. Yeah, I like keeping them alive, and I like them being part of the game more with the events. Right. This is our island after is, all, so exactly. I kind of feel like teaming up and joining forces to unite together and drive these invaders off of Ex- it. I think, too, because I love control spirits, and they usually yeah. utilize Dahan, either with moving them around or using defense mm-hmm. and having them fight their battles. So I've always been on like a pro Dahan side. Right. Probably one of the reasons why River Finder and Thunderspeaker are so beloved in your brain. Oh, yeah. And in your heart. <laughs> and being mobile is fun. We both like mobile spirits. Mm-hmm. But those are some of the numbers of it. Just like the 60% chance of pulling a beast yeah. is good. There is a strange madness among the beasts where you might lose all your beast yeah. tokens. Well, they do say that you can chuck that card now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did they say that? I think I'm going to. Mm-hmm. I, I want to. Anyway, those are some of my thoughts. And I know you have much more so i listed all of mine the way that my analytical mind was looking at this was i listed them with pros and cons i really wanted to do a self-examination of why i have such deep seeing and hatred for these things and the reason why i didn't look at the individual numbers with all the event cards is because a today was crazy busy and b i figured you would so and i did <laughs> thanks buddy <laughs> dependable friends anything for you pal so i actually have a multitude of pros and i'm sure you you are going to be very glad to hear these things because I'm surprised you do. It's not that I have rose-colored glasses, or in this case, what would they be like black-colored glasses? <laughs> like, you just don't want to see a... <laughs> blinders, maybe blinders. Yes, where I literally cannot see the good and I can only see the bad. The thing is, is I can see both. It's just for me personally, and you will come to learn this. The vast majority of all the reasons of why I hate events, why I just do not like them, is not because of what they do on the game state nearly as much as just how I generally feel about a certain thing. Okay. We are looking at me, the human, and my emotions and how I feel on certain things. These event cards go against a lot of just basic emotional standpoints that I have. You as Ryan. Right. And a lot of my personal preferences in gaming. Because I want to let people know at home, we have played many games with events. Oh yeah. And you do fine with them. You're not like, you know, crying after everyone or I won't play this game. Like, we we play many right. tough games with events. We yep. just play My one. official stance, officially, all jokes aside, is I do not prefer them. Okay. For the sake of comedy and jokes, and I will continue for the sake of comedy and future jokes, claim to hate them vitriolically. <laughs> well, not because that's just funny. It's just funny. So, but in truth, I just simply do not prefer them. Mm-hmm. The cons outweigh the pros, but that does not mean that pros do not exist. It just means that the cons hurt me more than the pros help me. And that, like I said, is a personal thing, as you will will learn over the course of these next 40 minutes. So, pro number one for me, 
They add more thematic atmosphere and immersion. I'm in agreement. Beasts, disease, strife, and Dahan act significantly more realistic than they did prior. We did not talk about this before. Nope. Our lists are completely different, and I 100% agree. One thing that is so great is beasts, disease, strife, Dahan, they act so much more realistic. And you know me. Yes. I love theme, and I love lore. And whenever you can mimic something that happens in real life, like to this degree I really like mm-hmm. and I really appreciate the fact that beasts oh there's a permanent token that's sitting on the board that literally does nothing yeah in jungle 4 invaders won't anything. even go after them nor will that beast even do anything unless you get a beast card or maybe there's a fear card that use them that use them granted but events will go and make use of beasts and make them feel significantly more alive yeah spirit island feels alive because the disease Diseases are also going crazy. Diseases are things that evolve and change and act in various different ways and have various consequences and whatnot. And it's not just preventing builds exclusively. This makes total sense because events are out there that will go and hurt Dahan and it'll hurt invaders. Sometimes it'll hurt exclusively Dahan. And that makes sense because Dahan won't have the same biological resistance in their immune systems that the Europeans have when they come to colonize. That's literal history that's happening. Right. And so that's very realistic. Yeah. Strife is something that also acts more realistic because it's not just, oh, they prevent... A ravage. A ravage exclusively. Who knows? It could cause some other kind of ramification that is unforeseen. I love this. Dahan acting more realistically. They don't only go when we tell them to go and only attack when we tell them to attack. They're doing their own thing. They're their own they thing. go back to their own hunting grounds. They go and protect their own fishing grounds. This kind of thing. They so fight makes, before them sometimes. Right, yeah. 100% more realistically. And I love it. This is probably my biggest pro. The thematics. Is the thematic. And I love theme. This is a fact. This is not a preferential statement, in my opinion. They make the game more realistic in theme. To me, that is a inarguable fact that is a pro. I love that. Pro number two. This is almost as big of a plus as the previously aforementioned pro. Events increase player interaction and discussion around the table. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. This is huge. This is probably number 1.5 to reason number two of my favorite things about Spirit Island is the player interaction and discussion that this game procures. During our second wave games, we would spend a half an hour talking about, I'm not even exaggerating. Exaggerating. No, not at all. That is not We would would go through every (laughs) single land. Which right. one would it affect? Which one should we choose? Who has enough energy? The Who ramifications enough... of this. Exactly. Of that. What about next turn? Well, I'm using right. a slow. That's going to affect this. Right. That is fun, especially in a cooperative game. So I'm in right. agreement there, 100%. And so this is something where you will have an effect come in. And what's really interesting is various players around the table could react in various ways to that incoming thing. Yeah. So we can have a three-player game and an event comes in and John and I are like, oh, yes. Let's do this. But Laura's like, oh, no. 
And so it's really interesting. And there's a real pain and a real price to pay with each option. Because we had that one game, there was this one event that was perfect for Ocean. But it sucked for Fangs. Right. But the other one rocked for Fangs and it sucked for Ocean. And it was a good discussion. There isn't really a right or wrong. It's who do we buff? Who do we detriment? Yeah. And these conversations can be really interesting, really thought-provoking, and it just adds an additional layer of interaction and immersion once more of the player to the game state. Because and I love Usually that. the discussion is mainly in the growth. It's mm-hmm. just like, all right, what do I do here? Should I reclaim? Guys, what can someone do here to defend? Which powers are used? The growth phase usually, and still probably is, the most talking right. involved discussion. And so that I love. As you mentioned, my pro number three Events buff the token users, elevating them in power by a small but noticeable amount. So this is your disease users, your beast users, as you've described, yeah. your Dahan users. How many cards in there use Dahan? 52. 52 out of 50. How many used beasts? 34. 34, which is about 60% of them. Yep. If you are a character that uses one of these tokens, you are going to be slightly buffed because you have an additional effect using that very token. Have you ever had a fear card that uses the very thing you were using? And you're like, oh, this is great. Such a good feeling. Well, imagine that just all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just basically every other turn. It was like 6%. Oh, Thunder Speaker with events as if they needed the power spike. They get it so great. It's fantastic. I think beast events boost many minds a tier. Right. Because it makes them offensive. It gives them their weapons. Yes. Which is huge. Completely changes that character. You guys know me. I love fangs. You do? sharp fangs. They get buffed so wonderfully by these events. We recently, as we described to you two episodes ago, had a Russia game where the events were just... Oh, magnifique. It didn't even feel like 60%. I feel like we got a <laughs> It was literally beast. every single event. I think right. it was every single event. Right, because the... it was only like, what, 11 turns in that game? Maybe right. 10 or 9. And we just got very lucky. And the 9 event cards, 9 or 10 event cards we had, every single one of them used a beast. Except for the last turn. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not open old wounds. But point being, we had oh so many. Yeah. Oh so many. 99% of them. Pretty and, much every single one of them had an A. And both of us being beast users. Beast event Ooh. related thing. And for you especially, because we even described it. The events were perfect for many minds because it gave you the sword to fight back I indirectly. Have, yeah, I didn't pick up many <laughs> offensive cards. And of course, the con is, well, you don't know what the effect is. So how can you make use of it? Well, many minds kind of has beasts everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Spread out in many lands. So, given the fact that their sacred sites can also count as beasts, this also makes it very easy to make use of them. Again, what a fun game. So, events buff the token users. Now... Events accommodate high-energy characters. True. And I have this worded a different way. I didn't say they buff the high-energy characters. I say they accommodate the high-energy characters. Not necessarily the high-card play characters. Mm -mm. They can. But it's a little bit, statistically speaking, higher in the favor of high-energy characters. Why? Because every now and then, you are going to have an event out there where it says, here is a cool effect that you can get, but you're going 
going to have to do something in order to get this cool thing to happen. There are 15 choice events. Yeah? Yep. Well, these choice events can be aided by elements and aided by energy. What I mean by that is there is a price to get this cool effect to happen. What is that price? Well, that price can be paid by energy, and the price is always dependent by the player. So, mm -hmm. oh, two per player, three per player, four per player. Right. And when it is aided by a certain element, thematically speaking, the effect that is coming in has some sort of elemental thematic tie. So if it's going to rain a bunch, it's going to be a lot of air and water with that event. Yeah. When an event is aided by an element, if you, the spirits, have access to that element, or you played one of those elements this turn, that price that I mentioned earlier, that cost, actually gets cheaper. Yeah. Because since you are doing a thing, or you can do a thing that is related to the element in question, the cost actually goes down. So, the thing is though, since it is an event, you have no idea what's going to come up. What I meant when I said events do not necessarily accommodate high card play characters is because if you are a high card play character like myself, I really like high card play characters, I am usually going for a specific set of certain elements. And so, I will be collecting as best I can to go and grab those elements. And if, you're not usually flush with energy. You've correct. like High card play <laughs> characters are seldom high energy characters. Right. Just as much as high energy characters are seldom high card play characters. Some characters in the extreme late game can touch a little bit of both worlds. Decent energy and decent card play. Very few people can have the extreme of both. Serpent is one of these characters that's kind of like oh my goodness, what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> so also high card play characters usually get Reclaim 1. That's just like a fun theme to kind of spur that thematic idea of this character some characters has. get two reclaimed I know. Lure, serpent, and fangs. Anyway, back to my point. I shouldn't take on so many. Side tangent, sorry. But so if you are card a card play user, those elements could line up just right. They can. If and you have four plants, maybe awesome. I'm playing green. And those four plants, perfect. It can work out quite well. Because if you have a ton of card play, hopefully you have gathered a ton of cards. And when you get an event that is aided by a certain element, you can discard a card from hand and in your vast library, hopefully you have some of the elements in question right. to assist with that thing. However, that's not going to be nearly as often as simply Having the, the characters that have the money for it. Yeah. The money will always be more consistent and easier because you can miss with the element that is required. But if you have high energy, you will always be able to hit it. Cash so is king. stone and earth, earth and finder and serpent, serpent are characters that are just going to be Bring Right. These are high rollers. These characters can just roll in the dough and always consistently, most likely be just as good with this event as that event as that other one. Yeah. Whereas the high card play characters, while it is possible, yes, that you can have just the right element that you need for that turn, it's not going to be nearly as consistent as one of those high rollers. That is why, in my opinion, these events accommodate high energy characters. I will be going and looking at this coin later in my cons. You can already <laughs> see what it is. But right now, we're looking at the good. If you are a high roller like Finder, or yeah. like you said, Serpent or Earthstone, you are going to be very well suited for events. And there's enough choice events for this to come up a couple times in a game. Right. Like, there's enough of them in there to be spread out and shuffled in, where you're going to get maybe three or four mm -hmm. in a 12-turn game, right. where you're going to be like, I need more money to pay for this event, or I hope I have enough animal elements. Right. On 
on to my fifth and final pro. So brief. <laughs> hey, I was able to get five of these things. Okay? All right, that's good. And these are good five. I agree with them. So you agree with them? Yeah. Events can help or assist the player in a variety of unforeseen ways. And they can give unique benefits to the player that is unavailable from any other source in the game. This is crazy and huge. We yeah. once had a game where we were going up against a high-level Scotland, and one of the reasons why we won, I personally feel, is because there was an event card that removed a fear card from the fear deck, mm. making it slightly easier on the fear deck in order to win. And how did we win that game? By fear. It was a fear victory. Yep. You cannot, as of right now, in any other way, remove a fear card from the fear deck. Now, of course, some events have effects that can come from a scenario. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, when we had that one event that allowed us to get one element permanently for the rest of the game, there is a scenario very similar to that called Elemental Invocation, where you can also get access to elements that you did not attain from a track bonus or a card. Right. But it came from the scenario. Yes, that is true. But there are a plethora of unique event bonuses, gifts, wonderful things that you cannot get from anywhere else. That can win you the game. That can be incredibly useful to your success. Yeah. And this to me cannot be ignored. This is not a preferential thing I can thumbs down. This is a 100% inarguable, undebatable fact of goodness that is a pro to me. If those events come up. <laughs> If those events come up. <laughs> but when they do, you yeah. cannot deny the awesomeness of, yes, this is great. Yeah, need like, that one element every single turn. Having that one breath of life in our Russia game where they said, hey, this invader card will skip. So that means that there will be a blank card in the next spot, which means, hey, you get a break. We, we sure, the that. next turn will have double up, but you still get a break. Chance to reclaim, to gain energy. What if you were lightning and you needed to reload? Ooh, <gasps> you know, yeah. like, when do the invaders without events ever give you a break? Never. Here, they would give you a break. Yeah. So it's like, <gasps> I know you can say, oh, well, if you killed everyone, then you have a break. But, I mean, come on. At that point, you've pretty much won anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> You should win the game. So those are all of my pros. I like those pros. I have nothing more to say about them. I'm excited for the cons. Do you have any additional pros yourself? Or more I pros. Did you land on all of them? I guess. You're the event lover. Did I appease the master? I th and we've talked about this. It just the discussion... I like the opportunity for those tactical adjustments that mm. you can have on the fly. On the fly. And it's mm -hmm. enough of a curveball, but it's usually not backbreaking. We've talked about the really yep. swinging ones, but there is that thing where it changes enough for me. Yeah. What you say, I have listed as a con. This is one of those glass half full, glass half empty things. And I will speak to this later, but yes. that is that whole decision on the fly feels so awesome when you can just accordingly and it and works out in our favor correctly if you are capable of doing so Ooh. You can now see the tone of where that conversation will go in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's going to get bad. All right, John, do you have any cons? Cons. So, so here's the thing. Event pros is your domain. <laughs> Event cons. Welcome to my underworld. Okay, hang on. <laughs> You're in my house now, Johnny boy. I crack my knuckles. <laughs> so I think the biggest con that mm -hmm. events have, honestly, is that they weren't released with the base game. 
Oh, this is not a con that I have on my list. I think that is a con. That, that is a raging pro <laughs> <laughs> for me. That's really <laughs> so. Okay, let's break down. <laughs> Maybe not raging. I've said before I like it when the players have a choice, and technically, I, so long as it came in the base game and was optional, then I would still be like, yeah, okay, fine. All right. So some people at home don't know the history of Spirit Islands. Right. Branch and Claw was supposed to be that's true part of the base. incorporated in the base game, part but of- to save production costs. They didn't have it in there because there's so much extra stuff, like all the various tokens exactly. and things like that. But, and so I was like, hey, if Spirit Island is successful, then we can afford to pay those production costs for this expansion. And all the things that we wanted to have in the game but couldn't because we played it safe, that is what Branch and Claw is. So I think, honestly, that is the biggest detriment to events because if they were shipped with the base game, we wouldn't be having this podcast right now. Fun fact. This discussion. Branch and Claw was supposed to have four spirits in it. Really? One for each token. So Trickster was supposed to be in there, mm-hmm. I guess. But they needed more development. And the disease character and the strife user needed more development. Side tangent. Disease was mist and, right? Vengeance? We've spoken to it before. Maybe when we get to mist or vengeance eventually in their analysis episode, we can talk super in-depth. But yes, blob of mist. Long, long time ago. Early development's fun. Mist and vengeance were actually two in the same. That was the same spirit. The disease spirit was mist. But it was kind of hard because they had a lot of clashing identities. Right. And so they split them up and the emotion of both characters was better represented by two individuals as opposed to one unified character doing way too much. So I think if these were released with it, we would just be more accustomed to it. We've mm-hmm. played Atlantis Rising and it's an incredible, another good oh, I love co-op game. So good. But there's cards that come up in the deck that yep. make the things flood or water rise. Yep. And but it, that's mandatory, though. What if it wasn't? What if it was included? What if events weren't mandatory? Is what I'm saying. I think that's no, a big I, con. If we were adjusted... I think the sting of events was more hurtful to me because of how bad those first events were. And I think know? that's my second con. Branch and Claw's events are rough. Yeah. The bad ones are bad. Yeah, they're a lot more swingy and less balanced than Jagged Game Earth ending, mm-hmm. and if you're a Fangs user and you've made all your presents into Beast tokens... Right, and, and that's then... understandable. It makes sense. They hadn't completely oiled the machine to this well-oiled version that is now today. Yeah, so I think they that is... They had more time to develop, more time to figure them all out. I think that is my biggest con, is that, one, I wish they were just shipped with the base, and then we would just not know any difference. And then mm-hmm. I wish, like you said, maybe a little more ironed out on some of the outpace war touches or missionaries mm-hmm. and farmers seek to operate right. all those rough ones mm-hmm. other than that <laughs> is that all your cons <laughs> i like them no that's 100 i want to hear yours, I I hear hear yours. Well, so i will preface this by saying my pros had a lot more facts than opinions okay although i did have a lot of opinions with the pros i say that now because the cons have a significantly higher amount of opinion than they do fact. Yeah. So keep that in mind as we proceed these next seven hours. (laughs) Oh boy. Buckle up. So con number one. They are more likely to harm than they are to help. That's just how you feel. You've played too many Branch and Claw games. Answer me this, Johnny boy. You have to agree. It is more likely that since the successful good things are tied to a token most of the time, if you're not using that token or that token is not where it needs to go, the good is going to go right in the trash. Completely wasted. If you are not using that token, okay, here's the bad thing. Bad guys do this. Ouch. Okay, well, what's the good thing? The good thing uses a beast. I have one beast and he's in a land all by himself. 
Oh, well, the event says that beasts may destroy a town or explorer. Complete wasted. It missed. Here's the thing. The bad almost always hits. Yes. The good will miss a lot more often. The main part is usually always negative. Yeah. Something bad happens. Blight gets added. Yep. Towns, explorers, bonus damage, ignore strife. You're right. Yep. The top part's always bad. And I'm not saying they can't help. I'm just saying once you realize that a lot of the tools to help the player are tied to these tokens, a lot of the good things are tied to the tokens. Yeah. If you don't use that token, or if that token is not properly, appropriately placed, that good thing is going to go whoop. It's going to go right over your head. So I'll say it has made me change my gameplay where, mm-hmm. like I'm saying with Finder, like I'll right. look for cards. You'll adjust to I'll... get more cards So I guess like that. I right. have adjusted, but you are right in saying it has warped my gameplay. Right. We just had a game where I played green. I picked up a card that used beasts mm-hmm. and it really didn't have many of my elements, but I wanted to get more beasts on the board because we were playing with events. You're right. It does pro more tokens on the board. Right. Con number two. This is arguably my biggest. This oh might be my second biggest one. And so this the is... first con wasn't the biggest. No. Okay. No. I say my biggest ones for last. Nice. But I wanted to have at least one big one up front. And this one is a opinion. Events foil my plans. I just said how I like the tactical adjustments. (laughs) In the same way that when you have an additional choice available to you and you can change your plan on the fly, if you are capable of such an adjustment, it can be quite satisfying to roll with the punches and kind of go with the flow and make the appropriate changes and get success from it. Okay, that's fine. What if you are incapable of doing the very thing you need to do to go along with the flow? Oops, sorry, you're crap out of luck. Uh, So the thing that really grinds my gears, and this is where the dissection of me and my character as a gamer and my preferences will now be discovered. Okay. Events can go and mess with one of my lands, and now my power or powers cannot be used. Therefore, that card, that energy, that card play was completely wasted. No, this does not happen all the time, but when this does happen, I hate this. I hate it. Right. So when I have something that's going to generate a bunch of fear because there is a town that I am milking with mist. Yes. And something killed that town. I was getting energy from that guy. I was getting fear from that guy. I needed that. That was in my plan. My card play was purchased and carefully selected for this specific Especially turn. Especially with Miss, who doesn't gain a lot of energy. Right, and you completely crucified my plan. But events are supposed to be random. I know, more <laughs> on that later. But I'm saying, when you mess up my plan and it completely gets stopped, if I have to tweak my plan and I can make my plan a success, but in a different land, that's fine. I am talking about when they completely stop you. Yeah. Like, it is utterly wasted. Like I said, if it just changes the land, oh, I I was going to do this power over here. Event happened. That changed. Okay. Now I'll just go over here. That is fine. I'm talking about, I literally can't do anything with this card. We did have a game where Laura was playing Tsunami in the slow, paid the six energy, and outpace come up. And you have to discard your slow power. Six energy. She was getting, (laughs) and she had the threshold. Eight damage, damage in all the coastal lands. It losses the game. I mean, it's just like, I feel your pain. And the thing is, how I feel about that is not the same for every player. It 
might not bother you at all. Hey, you didn't know. If you knew that event was coming, you wouldn't have picked that card. I get it. If it can roll off your back, fine. For right. me, it doesn't. That grinds my gears so much. I hate that. So when this happens, it robs the player of the satisfaction of solving a problem if it just worked itself out. Yeah. I hate a handout sometimes. In life, I am not a selfish person, but I am a proud person. What I mean by that, how does that statement manifest in my life? I don't put myself first. I really, truly don't. I put others first. My pride comes in the form of I care way too much about a good or right thing that I did. And I like to have the pride of having a mass problem and I was able through time and strategy I was able to take it down. Of hours worth of a game of six right. turns I have that satisfaction. You've built up to this moment right. in the game. Right. Three years ago I weighed 185 pounds. I'm 150 now. Yeah. I actually gained three pounds. I went to 147. Woof. I lost 38 pounds and I have a lot of self confidence and satisfaction and pride because I was able to lose a lot of weight and keep it off for two years. That is a good thing. That is hard for a lot of people and it was hard for me. Yeah. That is something that you cannot take away from me and I fist bump myself like, yes, that's good. It's awesome. When I'm playing a game and I have this massive problem and it just fixed itself, I'm like, oh, like, yes, I know that it was a good thing and hey, cool. But now the event took the credit. <laughs> like, ah. Is it the worst thing? No. But I like having the satisfaction a that wins, I did it. A wins, a wins, a win. I know. But like I said, I like the credit for a problem that I had to overcome and I didn't overcome it if an event took care of it for me. Yeah. Yes, the event may have helped only 10% of it or whatever, but you get the emotion, I am telling you. The worst part about this whole messing up with my plans, though, is that something bad can happen to the player that is not your fault and you must accept it and its consequences. I call this an unblockable problem. Yeah. I hate unblockable problems. Now, I know the argument. That is, well, if you knew what was coming, you would have prepared for it and you would have stopped it. So it's good that these random, bad, unblockable problems happen because that is the only way that some of you are going to go and actually get setbacks because some of you can be good enough at this game where you can predict everything and just completely bob and weave and not have any problems. I 100% get that opinion. Yeah. I totally get it. But it can be so annoying when you literally did everything right and the game like, yeah, no. And guess what? This led to a blight going and this led to a cascade that flipped the blight card. You got tipping point that killed Volcano. You all lost. Game over. That was an unblockable problem. Yes, I know what I just described might not happen all the time or even often, but I hate unblockable problems in anything. One thing that you've heard me say many times, and I will say it for the rest of my life, is there is a very fine difference between knowing what's going to to happen mm -hmm. and being able to do anything about it. There are so many things in this game where it's like, oh, well, if you knew about this, you could have prepared for it. Could you, though? Could you have stopped that thing? Maybe. For some of the events, no. Some of them, no. no. Some of them, sure, maybe. So I do not mind having perfect omniscience of what's coming. Every single card in the game doesn't mean I can stop what's going to happen. Your capability does not match your omniscience, your knowledge. Yeah. Your capability to fix does not match your knowledgeable understanding of what's coming. So to me personally, when someone tells me the whole, well, if you know what's coming, you can stop it. Eh, I disagree with that slightly. 
Dude, I understand the emotion. You are more likely, if you know it, yes, knowing is half right. the battle, but guess what the other half is? Getting shot in the face. Hey, someone's going to barge in and shoot you in the face. Hey, I know it's going to happen. Cool. Well, if the guy barges in and he blasts through my trap that I sent and shoots me in the face, I'm still do. dead. <laughs> Either way, you die. Right. For me, that happens not enough for it to be like the biggest con. That yep. does happen. Right. But for and me, once again, this is a personal opinion no, thing I know. that hurts me. This bothers me more that than it does could most happen. people. That it could yeah. happen. Because like you said, there's a small chance that the swinginess of the event could ruin everything. Right. There is more often than not, like we said, we can have that discussion. Right. But for you just to know that flipping that event could ruin right. everything just And no one's at fault. And it is infuriating. But it might not you even happen lose. that game. But I have to tell someone who went ace, hey, take this negative thing. Why? So-and-so was Card doing so bad on their side of the board that they blighted. And I'm sorry, how come I have to suffer? Because this guy... There's one event that says keep blighting until the card flips. The blight card flips. Right. So it's, it's just, just like, like, we haven't blighted once. Oh, the right. events. And I don't if you care. have one player that's just tanking and just can't stop blighting, all the other players are going to suffer for it. Yeah. And like I said, this is one of those things where, yes, I know it's my pride, but I'm still like, will you stop it? I know it's a whole live together, die alone. But you can see now how the possibility, the fact that it can happen pisses me off. Yeah, the fact that it might flip over. Yep. And it might not even happen that game. Yep. Like and a Russia that might game not bother you. Never happened. That vexes me greatly. Yeah, <laughs> just because you're knowing it could be the next card. Yep. In general, me as a person, and you can attest to this because you've known me for years, Yeah. I do not like random. I don't gamble and I seldom play risky when valuable things are on the line. I am a prepared, steady Eddie, play it safe kind of player. And as we were texting <laughs> today, we didn't know like what My this... My final st- statement on this con was knowing what's coming is very different from being able to do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> there it well, is. It's just funny like PPR in the there curve. We were is. texting for today and this was yeah. kind of like one of those structuralist episodes and you were just like trying to over prepare you like didn't know what to prepare. I'm like yeah. this is why you don't like events yes, because you I are trying to, to get ready for this episode. And I do for me, not fly by the seat of my pants. I was just flying by the seat of pants like yeah I like events. I like how I the, can't they make do it. In my feel. life I have to make my own luck. Yeah. The nature of an introvert is one where I don't do a whole lot so so, like, socially outgoing, whatever. Sure, sure. So if I would do a something, I want to make sure I have done my very best to maximize the success, to do the best that I can, to the best of my ability, so I prepare everything. I get this ready, I get that ready, and I want to make sure I do my absolute very best. And a symptom of trying to do your absolute very best. Yeah. No, I did not say 99%. I said your best. Your very best. In order to do my mathematically absolute best is to prepare. I have to prepare because would you have done better if you prepared? Probably. Yeah. So I prepare. And I've been doing that for years. That's just how Since I do I've known everything. You, yeah. I make my lunches for work the night prior because I just want to grab my lunch and go. I don't want to forget it. You want to be prepared. Is it possible that I can make my lunch the morning of? Sure. I don't ever want to allow the chance of, oh, the alarm clock died overnight. So you woke up late. Oh, I'm in a rush. Right. Oh no, brush my teeth. I forgot to brush my teeth. Oh no, I have the wrong sock on the wrong. I need to make my lunch. Right. And all these things. For me, the more prepared I am, the more successful I am, usually. On your last con, or your previous con, we were talking about... No, it's not my last. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, the last one you spoke of. I know, I know. (laughs) I'm being a buddy. You were talking about just like how it could be swingy and ruin the game, Mm -hmm. and you can't stop it. Like you said, someone coming in shooting in the face. Mm -hmm. I like those memories of highs and lows. Yeah. Where we had... It definitely is more dramatic the more random the thing is. Because the stakes are higher. I can understand that. I'll never forget, Ryan, our second 
second wave games with oh, yeah. farmers seek to hunt for aid. It was insane. And how insane that was. Yep. And I also won't forget the Scotland game you talked about and yep. how crucial that was. Yep. Or the lesser yep. spirits and parable. We yep. got the one element that we needed. It is true. The crazy out of left field Hail Mary wins you get with events are more satisfying. And even the bad. It's fun to think about it gets better with age type of thing. Yeah. In the time we were playing the game against England, we were raging against those <laughs> events. But now it's like fun to look back on and be like, wow, I will never forget that game. That should have been one of my pros. <laughs> Your Hail Mary wins that you thought you were dead, those comeback victories are all the more sweeter, all yeah. the more enjoyable. The that highs are higher and pros. the lows are lower. Yep. The extremes get pushed a bit farther. Yep. In general, with my games, whether they be board games or video games, yeah. I appreciate and enjoy my difficulty settings, much like how my spice tolerance works. Oh. I like easy, normal, and hard. <laughs> I like hard. I you like do. easy. I like normal. That's fine. When it comes to spices, I like having none. I like having a little. I even like having an admirable kick. That's fine. It's the extremes. Like, yeah, I don't think we'll ever get to two adversaries. <laughs> the extreme difficulties. These little legendary difficulties are where I personally stop having fun and it becomes work. That is where my line is drawn. I don't mind challenging. I actually like challenging every now and then. But when it goes from challenging to punishing is where I begin to lose interest. Me and Laura just had this discussion because I like hard to hard to painful. And Laura likes the 7 to 8 difficulty out of 10 that the adversaries provide. She likes 4 and 5 not 6. But being married to me I'm like, no, he must be everyone at six right. type of thing. And so where I'm going with this difficulty preference of mine, I am not a super competitive person. And I also don't need wins on crazy high difficulties to have a good time. More I do. F- I do. John does. <laughs> and that's totally fine. <laughs> that is totally fine I need to beat you. everything on Steam. <laughs> for me personally, I'll have more fun playing bots on Nuketown than I will in a ranked oh, lobby. Nuketown. Good reference. Or I'll have more fun going up against bots on Smash Bros. offline than I will on crazy sweaty tryhards online uh, yeah. any day of the week. G- I do Ganon, not G- care. Ganondorf. Ganon, 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 Ganon we have this fun uh, stupid tradition off topic where John and I will go against Seven? six Ganondorfs all at level nine. <laughs> It's insane. This is one of John's influences in my life. (laughs) Anyway, but I'm not kidding. I will play against easy difficulties for the rest of my life and have 100% fun. Okay. I will play normal difficulties, have 100% fun. Even hard difficulties here and there, 100% fun. The extremes. If I do extreme stuff, it will be for the purposes of an achievement, Mm -hmm. a trophy, a title, an unlock. There's a character that you can only unlock once you've beaten all of this chapter's missions on Legendary or Mm -hmm. something like that, then you'll see me do it so I can get the cool recognition, the achievement, the ha-ha, I got it, cool. Never again. (laughs) Unless maybe a friend needs that achievement too and I'm like, ah, I got it once, I'll help you. But my point being, it's not the norm. I don't do that for the norm. And so events will increase the difficulty by a certain amount. So if you are an easy game with events, it'll probably be normal. I'm okay with that. If you're playing a normal game with events, it's now hard. I'm fine with that. If you're playing hard with events, now it's starting to get to extreme. I'm starting to have problems. If you have extreme and you have events and it gets punishing, I have a problem with this. Yeah, okay. 
Like I said, I will go up against bots on Nuketown any day of the week. And if you say it's either you play online for the rest of your life or bots for the rest of your life, I'm like, oh, bots every time. Okay. Seriously. Because at some point, everyone else gets to some crazy, ridiculous extreme that I cannot match. I'm not pro on video games. I would say I'm good. I have a single thumbs up. I can beat most normal people and tread water with the norms. Yeah. But eventually, the only people that stay in a game on an online community are like the pros. And then I just get wrecked by these individuals. So I have to move. For me, it's something about like the greatest game that that short story where he's like, and that's hunting totally man. fine. There's something about that with me. I'm like, I beat a human. You know? Yeah, and that is 100 fine. That is like a competitive gene that is in some people. That is just simply yeah. not in me. I like how open you're being. Just like your pros were very stats or just yep. like fact based, and this yep. is just like how you feel as a person. I like think I that's said, awesome. the vast majority of these are because of my framework emotionally as yeah. a human, not as like what I said how they affect the game state. Whoever attacks Ryan, you're attacking his person. Rude. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Come at me. <laughs> Come in, bro. People are allowed to have their opinions. That's if their true, opinion yeah. is to slather me, that's fine with insults. <laughs> that's their prerogative. I'm just kidding. Hey, freedom of speech and freedom of consequence are two various things. <laughs> I might block you. But you can say <laughs> your opinion. <laughs> so my second to last con is easily the least problematic. Okay. I can and will admit that. But this one also is a fact. Events slow the game down. This bothers me the absolute least. Most of the time, I do not care. But those 30-minute discussions are 30 minutes. Sometimes. What, do you have somewhere to be? I thought you liked the time we spent together. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, yes, to somewhere to be. Not the whole (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) You take that back. We all live in the real world, and if I could play games forever, I would. Sure. It's awesome. Sometimes we don't have the time, the game, as long as we would like to, and sometimes they just slow the game down. This will bother some people more than others. To me, this bothers me 1%. Okay. When I hear a game is long, I love it. I absolutely oh, yeah. love it. So if this makes a game longer, then why would I not like this? Well, this is an optional thing. If this was forced, it would be different. But okay. this This is an optional thing that's adding another 90 It's just another hurdle, yeah. Right, and this is the tiniest of hurdles. Like I said, 99 times out of 100, this is not a con. So I guess my problem with this is the problem that I have with reality being, you know, life sucks. (laughs) So when we can't play all the time and we have schedules, we got to meet classes in an hour. I have dishes to clean. I got a carpet to vacuum. I got to wake up in the morning. Got to wake up in the morning. It just slows the game down. You're right. That's all. It's not the worst thing. One rebuttal. Hmm. And we've talked about how we love discussion. Sometimes when you're playing a game, especially in higher player counts, you're not even interacting with someone way across over yeah. there on the island. And yes, this one can be assuaged by experience a lot. Oh, it's this one again. We can do this, this. Oh, let's do that done. Right. But for me, being able to interact with Stone five boards away with this event is cool for me. So yes, mm-hmm. it does lengthen the game, but sometimes it helps me feel more cooperative when I'm not even touching that person's land, but what I vote on does mm-hmm. affect them. So that's fun for me. I understand it does lengthen the game, but some games, it's more happens in higher player counts. If you're a two-player board, you basically spread out on each other. Mm-hmm. But there is some games where we've had a five-player game where we had to talk through events because I didn't know what Stone was dealing with over there. Mm-hmm. So it did like make me feel a little more connected to the island in that way. Right. So... So, I have saved my biggest con for last. I'm glad you left that lame one in the second <laughs> last. Time, whatever. You love long games. No, like I said, that one is easily the least okay. problematic. 
But give, that's something that you have to acknowledge. Give me the knockout punch. Round seven. Here and we go. This one is probably the most preferential as well. So this is just the top of both. Oh, My wow. biggest con is also probably the most opinionated one as well. Love it. Events can accidentally encourage certain spirit choices or certain play styles that you normally would not have picked. Yeah, 100%. Why is this bad? If you are encouraging me towards something, you are encouraging me away from something else. That I cannot (laughs) abide with. That I despise. Because you already talked about the tokens. I hate meta. In anything, if what? you tell me there is a meta, I'm already indignant towards you Ooh. most of the time. Why? I like fun. If I can't have fun because, oh, this isn't meta, why do I hate 40k? Why have I learned to hate it? Because unless you pick this one army, mm. you can't have fun. I just want to play these guys. It's fun. Sorry, your fun thing isn't viable. You must play this if you do this. When competitive gets way too competitive, I lose interest very you just quickly. check out. And this was something that admittedly 40k taught me. I just wanted to have some fun. I had you some... were into Warhammer. For I was, yeah. and then I had literally one. Hundred percent of my army destroyed before my first turn. Really? Why? Because I had a fun list. They had a meta list. If I can't coexist because there's a stupid meta that I despise this. Ryan hasn't played Warhammer and since. So <laughs> I actually haven't. You haven't? Oh no. That's okay. You like other games. So if everyone is on the same page and everyone keeps it casual, totally fine. But the thing is, is if you are a token user, you are getting buffed. Awesome. What if you're not a token user? Ah, Draft game, token cards. The game is moving on without you. But now you change your play style because of something else. What if you didn't want to? You're an adaptive spirit. Maybe. What if you're a high energy character? You're fine. You're good. What if you're missed? <laughs> you use token. This sucks. (laughs) Mist is a high card play, very specific, element-focused, low-energy character. I feel when I'm playing with Mist, who is one of my favorites, yes, if you look at all my favorite spirits, they are low-energy, high-card play characters. Yes, if you looked at what I said, I say that I think events benefit high-energy and (laughs) token users. Yes, I know my fangs gets buffed by this. That is slightly assuaged there. But this hurts my Mist so much. Yes, I know that you can find some things here and there that can help you. Oh, this was aided by air, aided by moon, aided by water. That happens, yes. But the fact that you are encouraging me towards someone means that I have to be told no. Players have to be told no. You'll hear a lot of things from a lot of reviews saying the worst thing in any game, the quickest thing that will turn someone away from a game is telling somebody no. That is why when you instruct a game, you want to limit how many possible chances you will have to say no to a player. The negativity turns them off. The negativity can turn people away. Yeah. This is huge for me. For me, this is massive. I want someone to have an idea. I want a player to have a strategic thought that they think is awesome. I want to see him carry it out and have it be viable. I want someone to look at a character and be like, hey, this character looks cool. I want to play it. Awesome. Yes, I know that tier lists exist. Yes, I know that some characters objectively are a little bit more successful than others. Against certain adversaries. 
series and stuff. But with additional rules and balancing and aspects, we can balance most characters to a functional standard so that someone can look shadows flicker like flame and be like, hey, this character looks cool. Yes, now that there's aspects out there, yes, you can go and play this character on par with someone else. Yeah. We mock certain characters for being low on tier lists all, all the in time. Jest. All in jest. For jokes. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, I am so happy when someone can pick literally anyone because why do certain things appeal to us as they do i don't know art for some people it's artwork for some people it's theme for some people it's an experience they had for some game right and so if you have something that relates to you and you feel as if you can project yourself onto this thing this ideal this spirit this character the way they think the way they act what they fight for who they fight for this identity acceptance you want to be immersed into this you're connected to it and you're told that character sucks don't ever do it it's like (laughs) Someone told you, you can't be you. So like, base shadows in their unbuffed state without any aspects. It's like, well, this character ain't so hot. What if you connect and I have a lot of friends. I can name three friends right now who the first character they played was shadows and they absolutely love shadows. I'm one of them. And you're one of those three. Yeah. And so what if they went up to a super competitive person who didn't have a whole lot of grace or tact socially. And so when someone said, oh, I really like shadows and they're just a new player and someone comes in, no, they they suck. Ooh. It's almost like you're saying, oh, you suck. No, I know it's not literally verbatim. But like your opinion. Right. What you feel doesn't yeah. matter because it's not meta. What you want it to be doesn't matter because it's not successful. And I hate denying these human players that I sit on the other side of the table with when I see them start to get into it, when they start yeah. to dream of this cool experience that they can start to make their own experience. That's the biggest, coolest thing about Spirit Island is to see people get immersed and to go through that process of looking at a character and indoctrinating themselves mentally and emotionally with the artwork and the element and whatnot. And like some people, they have very astrological commitments to certain elements and whatnot. Who knows why people play certain characters the way they do. But I absolutely despise it when someone has an actual ground to deny someone something else and say no, because that character is not good in the meta. Oh, I hate this. I know. I hate censoring a light that's so small. That's like the spark of interest in the game could have been something so cool. And when, like I said, when you encourage someone towards something, you're pulling them away from something else. To me, that's what it feels like. And that's such an opinion on my part. I get it. I despise that. I want people to feel their own. I want them to feel like their own thing because they have such a happiness when they played a card because it fit with this theme that they had. And they're getting into it and they want to have their own experience. And they start having some brainstorming. Dude, like, just for fun, it's like I did this and this and this one thing. It's like I did that. And it was cool. And they make a story. And they enhance their own thing. And And they're reading the card names. Right. And they're showing the artwork. I want to protect and shelter that as much as I can. So, yes, with my own previous experiences with a super competitive meta in other games has affected this. I get it. I want to shelter the worst aspects of meta and make sure that these human players can at least achieve the success that they thought they had when they observed it. And if they change and develop elsewhere and they want to go for this character, that one, totally fine. I just want them to have that chance. And I am terrified that some people might neuter the chance of another player because you whack them with the hammer of meta. And I'm like, let them have the choice. Let them figure it out. Let them have their moment. Yes. You had it. Did you not? Why are you censoring their moment? You had your own, so you like the game for your own reasons. If they come to hate the game, fine. If you're not a fan of Spirit Island and you try to poison other people's opinions on a webpage or something, seriously, 
seriously, shame on you. And Come why on. are you listening to this podcast? And why are you listening? <laughs> but you get the emotion of what I'm saying. Yes. Don't limit others. Come oh, on. Yeah. Let me tell you why your opinion's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think what you said is 100% true. And I think the saving grace to all of that mm-hmm. is the most bottom part on the event is the Dahan interaction. Mm-hmm. Anyone can interact with Dahan. Anyone can be amongst lands with Dahan. Yep. Anyone can push Dahan around. You can get energy for it. You can gain a minor power for it. There's things where, yes, you may not use disease or strife or beast, but 52 out of 56, 90% use Dahan. And it makes you want to be part of that land. And yes, maybe I'm not many minds. I'm not utilizing beast. The middle part of the event did nothing for me. But the last part, I get an energy or I get a minor power because I was in lands with Dahan. So I think that's the one thing for me that mm-hmm. keeps it from like totally buffing the token years out of proportion is just like, oh, anyone could be in a land with Dahan and we mm-hmm. can all protect them. Even if I am keeper, I can at least maybe not make a sacred site here mm-hmm. or I can do other things with them and protect them to have them defend for me, mm-hmm. what have you. Moves and counter moves. Exactly. I have two responses oh! to your response. If Dahan are still alive in the so land. So keep them alive, yeah. It makes you change. The- <laughs> Why? That's remember not a in bad our, thing. Remember in our Scotland game when the events kept killing my Dahan? I yeah, that was rough. Oh, hey, look, Dahan events. I'm sorry, they're all dead. Because <laughs> guess what? Part one of the event killed my Dahan. But if they're alive still, if they're alive, keep them alive, Ryan. I couldn't. My capability to (laughs) go with the flow wasn't there. I couldn't do it. So you're going to have games like that, swingy event games. Yep. And the second thing, so I'm playing a character and I really have this theme of high damage in like a lot of lands. So I really like getting damage cards. But I found a really cool damage card that's all my elements and it's super dope, but there's a perfect Dahan using card or a beast using card. You already have this. What if I don't want to grab it? Okay. In my first. What if I don't in want to? In our first episode, <laughs> I said the thing that drew me to this game was choices. Yep. So in that circumstance, you have a choice yep. between do I depend on a random event or do I need this damage now? And that's fun for me to have that choice yep. is cool. Yep. But there's actual credibility for either. There is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. anyway, agree to disagree. That's right. So there are multiple reasons why Spirit Island for me is so fun. The biggest reason is I love looking at a big problem and then coordinating with my friends to chip away at it yeah. until we can actually beat the game and win. You love the puzzle aspect of right. it. Right. Yeah. For me, events will set you backwards here and there, but they will also help you here and there. But to me, they take away a part of the satisfaction of solving that problem. They will push the game usually one more difficulty away from my personal preference. From easy to normal, from normal to hard, from hard to extreme, and I'm not a big fan of excessive difficulties. I don't appreciate the random aspect, and I am a prepared player anyway. So the fact that you have random things coming in bothers me because if the game was too predictable to you, if you say that as an accusation, that doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. Oh, well, if you don't have events, you might know three turns in advance that you're going to win. So... (laughs) When I run my 5Ks, I'm pretty sure I'm going to finish this I race. I need that tension. If to, I'm to playing bots on Nuketown, I know I'm going to win. I want that. Knowing that I'm going to win is kind of the whole point. I want the peak <laughs> to be right before the end of the game. If the peak yep. is in turn six and it ends on turn nine. Yeah, and that's totally fine. For me. For you. Yeah. No, for each of us, it's different. For instance, if I'm watching a football game that's been recorded and it's my team, I get so nervous 
and anxious, and I am just beside myself with stress. If you tell me, hey, your team wins, okay, cool. Oh, no. Beforehand, I'm like, I can rest and just watch, because the good guy's at the end of this win, and that's what matters. Take that, Tom Brady. I'm so... <laughs> I'm so... Aaron Rodgers MVP. <laughs> oh, too soon. I... We need to ask Laura. You need to ask Laura. I'm so crazy about spoilers. I don't even want her giving me the Rotten Tomatoes score before we watch a movie. Oh, that is the only thing I ever want. Spoiled. I never want to be spoiled. I want to... I am 100% against spoilers, except for sports. Does okay. my team win? Yes. No. Cool. Now I can actually watch this Same game. with sports. Don't tell me the, the score. No. The only time I won't watch a sports game that isn't spoiled is because it's live. Okay. Oh my goodness. The Packers-Steelers Super Bowl, I was Ooh. so ridiculous. My heart and stomach they was won. in my neck. They won. I know. It's literally the absolute oh. best possible What a ride option. that was. What a journey that game was for you. Just I know. Living and I got a great hair from this one. <laughs> it's not good to be under such stress. We are different on some things. <laughs> no, it's true. It is. It's literally the worst like, possible outcome. My Packers losing to the Steelers, my literal favorite team versus my literally worst yeah. hated team in the entire league. Sorry, we- Pittsburgh. People. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Don't at me. You're in Brownstown. We're in Cleveland. You'll find no. Like what you were describing there is what I'm. It gets me excited to like. Oh, what if they win? What if they lose? Like that yeah. is just so. No, even as I'm saying it, it's funny because I am literally I despise spoilers everywhere. Yeah. Except for sports. Okay. Does my team win? Yes. I'll actually watch the game now. Does my team win? No. I won't watch the game. Okay. I know that sounds stupid, but I. That's just who I am. Why waste your time if they lose? Right. right. Is there cool things that I can see? Yeah. But I don't want to see my good guys get right. Wrecked. You know, I just view Spirit Island the same way as a spoiler. I don't want to know I'm going to win until mm-hmm. I win. Yep. So in life, I never win and I <laughs> always lose. That's why I play games so I can win, not because like the competitive version I gotta win. Yeah. But this is an experience that I can actually have proficiency in because I have no life. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm your friend, That's and I cherish life. that more than you know. Okay. Cool. 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 So there wow. you go. That's about it. <laughs> That's all. So. So I really do like Beast Command because of the fact that I don't have to worry about the stupid randomness and because it guarantees that you have to have a really bad mm-hmm. blight card. So the stakes are raised. I appreciate the high tension, high stakes. And it's like, oh boy, and nothing's going to come in, take my credit, and nothing's going to come in and be like, haha, unblockable problem. You can't dodge this and you must accept it and be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's so great about this game. You can not play with a blight card yep. or you can... Yep. You- oh my goodness. Whoever made Beast Command, I love you. Can you. Use, you cannot use events, and it's fine. Yep. It doesn't take away from your win. Yep. I'll end with the words from Eric Royce. <laughs> he had a post. Oh, how can I refute that? <laughs> he had a post when events first came out, why he introduced them. And he said, thematically, invaders are humans, not predictable robots, and Dahan are humans, not obedient minions. The wildest beasts of the island may make invaders' lives difficult, but in an unorganized way. An event deck creates that unpredictability, that sense of life and weight. So that is what Eric said. My response as a consumer? I don't think I want that. (laughs) Not in the way it's been implemented. I mean, I like the theme that it adds. I just don't like all the negative crap that comes with it. What? That is why you made a great call when you made it optional. (laughs) You have my money now. Hashtag Beast Command. I will not pay for what you just read. (laughs) So I am sorry, Ray, Speedy Ulrak, Cypressy, Danpour. Oh. On this level, I cannot coexist. So many (laughs) call-outs. Oh, well, whatever. Hate me if you will. I don't care. Remember, everyone, this was all in jest and it's fun. 
everyone. I hope you have enjoyed this. I hope you didn't mind the slap happy, silly nature of it all. Because honestly, I've played more games with events with you than not. <laughs> yeah, I play with more events. If you ask how many games have you played with events, I'm like, I don't know. That's like asking me how many bowls of cereal I've had in life. Yeah. I don't know. You've played most of your games with events <laughs> since they've right. come out. Right. We've had a couple games with them. Beast Command. Those were fun. Yep. So anyway, so there you go. I hope that some of you have been able to, maybe if you had some thoughts on events and you had some feelings about them as well, and you didn't really know where you landed on this yay or nay kind of thing. Well, I hope maybe we have discussed some of them for you. Maybe we were able to vocalize some of them for you. Yeah, I hope we gave you a voice, especially for the minority. I know people don't like events, but they're not as outspoken as event lovers. The vast majority of people love events, and I want to champion the voice of anyone who doesn't like events, Mm -hmm. but also wants to be a part of the community. I've seen way too many people hit with negative emotion the hammer of, oh, if you don't like events, you're not really a good player, and I can tell that you're a noob player. Like, you don't call people noobs. Don't yell at people if they have a preference. Let's keep it civil. If you like Coke and someone's like a Pepsi person, come on. Oh, dead to me. What? Come (laughs) on. Come on. Man, Pepsi's gross. Right. It's a preference thing. I'm just kidding. If the designers didn't understand this, they wouldn't have made Beast Command in Mm -hmm. the first place. They even say in the book that some players strongly prefer not having them. That is me. Yeah. I'm right here. I exist. My voice, I feel, has a right to be heard. You like them? Cool. I hope your voice has a chance to be heard. Was there something we missed that you thought of? Was there an emotional string you wanted to plink yourself? Tell us. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. We love hearing your guys' thoughts. Yeah. So, well, guys, I think that's going to do it. Ooh, I'm bloody to bruise. (laughs) I took some hits. the winner (laughs) by technical knockout is no contest you decide oh okay i like that i like that (laughs) all right guys well i had a lot of fun with this i hope you did too this was fun fam hey look forward to Habsburg. that's coming up next we'll catch you guys on the next one see y'all the ksp would like to thank all of the viewers who came out to tonight's event as well as those who stream it live from around the world This has been the Great Event Debate! If you'd like to get in the ring, feel free to make your voice heard in the comments! That's all for today! Good night from Cleveland!